Okay, hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Providence Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Isaac, Associate Advisor at Provident. Join with me today is Ray Cheng, who is a client advisor here at Provident. Hi Ray. Hello, hi everyone. Hi Isaac. Yeah, thanks for coming down today. So um, before we start, let's start with a quick introduction to yourself so our listeners know who you are. So could you share what you do at Provident and how did you end up here? So uh, I am a client advisor here at Provident and my role is really to work with clients to craft their wealth plans and then also to journey with them in achieving their goals. So I joined Provident in 2021 and I actually also started out as an advisor, associate advisor, just as where you are now. Yeah. You know, and uh, as you would also know, the associate advisor role uh, was really a position to train us and uh, prepare us to be client advisors. Yep. So how do you end up here? Like, What was your journey like before joining Provident? Before joining Provident, I was running my family's business. Yeah, and after many, I mean, I probably have shared that uh, in one of my videos. Um, but after much consideration, both internal and external factors, I decided to take a leap of faith and uh, pursue my passions, which is in finance and wealth planning. Right, thanks for sharing and being an inspiration for all the uh, associate advisors like myself, um, you know, to go through that program and to be a full-fledged client advisor like yourself. So um, today's topic is car ownership planning in Singapore. And um, why we have this topic is because in terms of owning a car, um, it's quite unique in Singapore in the sense that we are one-off, if not the most expensive place to own a car. Not only that, you have to decide every... 10 years on either um, renewing your COE or getting a new car. Quantitatively, when you look at the cost uh, compared to taking public or private transport versus owning a car, uh, owning a car tend to lose out in most situations, especially after accounting for running costs, taxes, and parking. So if not for quantitative reasons or monetary reasons, uh, what are some common reasons for wanting to own a car. Yeah, so like you rightly pointed out, uh, we all know in Singapore that it's very costly to own the car. So typically, the the reasons for wanting to own a car really has to be quite justifiable. Well, in general, I would say there are probably uh, two types, you know, the practical uh, type of reasons and also the aspirational reasons. Yeah, so I mean, for people with different from from different backgrounds, say for example those with uh, younger children or elderly to take care of, uh, car ownership uh, seems very obvious, right? Because of the convenience of the utility they can derive from uh, owning the car. Yeah, um, the other uh, more aspirational reasons are also quite common actually, because there are people who. Uh, require like the maybe the status of uh, having to own that car yeah uh, but generally there's also this um, I would say that there's this understanding that once people started uh, especially for our clients who have already owned the car for some time right as as they journey through life they also have gotten used to their lifestyle and they actually want to maintain that yeah so typically uh, such clients, they will also they will start off with some practical reason uh, towards the later stages of their 
life or retirement, they actually find that it's also more aspirational. They just want to maintain the lifestyle that they have gotten used to. Right, so they start, uh, as you mentioned, is utility at first. Yeah. But after that, maybe their, their kids have grown up or, or maybe their, their, parents no, their parents are no longer around. Uh, but they're too used to that lifestyle and it's quite hard to yeah. go back in lifestyle. Yeah, but um, you know, for the aspirational side of things, I mean, I definitely do know of uh, people in various, in, uh, in certain positions or industries. I mean, a very common example is that business owners tend to um, uh, require certain level of status to uh, to project an image uh, in, in perhaps in their business for some I'm not saying all right so um, having certain brand of cars actually might be of may, may have some utility some functional reason for that purpose and 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 it is quite valid yeah. personally I also actually do know of uh, friends. Uh, and peers who are really car enthusiasts and they are really into you know the machinery the equipment um, and in recent years you know when electric vehicles EVs became uh, came on trend I, I, I mean there there is a wide and loyal following about EVs in general and these people actually would want to own an EV simply for aspirational reasons right so it just um, sometimes it's just to for their passion uh, to fulfill their, or even to showcase their belief. I mean, if they are buying EVs, just to show that, you know, they 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 want to support this cause, this movement of uh, EVs taking over uh, ICE vehicles. That's right. Okay, so um, so in terms of planning for a car purchase, in terms of what the clients typically ask you or uh, tell you, what do you know about how they plan their own purchase prior to meeting you? Yeah, so be it clients or uh, personal friends and family, I mean, the general sense that I get is that people tend to be, I mean, they definitely start with the idea of uh, affordability, budgeting, right? They usually start from that. But I think one of the common um, way they start is that they consider what how they can afford it today. Uh, they don't usually, one thing that they don't usually consider is that um, how does how does purchasing a car impact future uh, goals? Yeah, so, so typically there will be two scenarios or two kinds of uh, people who, when, when they plan about cars, there are two kinds of reactions. So for some who know that they definitely have more than enough to afford it, they'll just go ahead and purchase it, no hesitations. Yeah, then the question becomes of what brand, what size of car, etc. Right? Uh, the other kind of reaction that usually we'll hear of is that they hesitate. So these people, when they hesitate, this, for this uh, group of people, the hesitation really stems from uh, more of, uh, do I really want the car? Do I really need the car? Um, how is that going to... I mean, the question that really goes through their minds is that, how is this going to affect my other goals so that's where the hesitation comes in right but generally uh, regardless of what reaction they, the fallback is to just look at can i afford it today and then if i take on a loan for the next three to five years can i pay off that loan with whatever income that i am earning today right so they just look at their bank account yep. um, and they're like okay if i can if i have a lot of excess um, you know, they'll be like, yeah, sure, you know, we just get it. Um, either way, it's not going to affect uh, my future goals. Uh, 
but for for people whose um, budget is a bit more is a bit tighter, uh, they would they would have a bit more hesitation. But at the end of the day, you know they're just trying to do a bit of mental accounting when it comes to how whether they can afford it or not, lah. Yes. So usually I'll be I'll see that they are struggling with that decision, yeah, of whether to purchase the car. Yeah. So there must be a better way to plan for this, right? Yes. There's a better way to plan for this. I think mainly as I've mentioned um, before, that it's important to note that, uh, well, okay, so a car is a big ticket item, yeah? And like I mentioned with the example of those who hesitate, right? The first step is really to uh, lay out all their goals uh, together, including the car ownership goal, yeah? So uh, for clients who approach us, usually the first step is really to understand them at a deeper level. And from that conversation, usually we want to then uh, take a look at or really dive deep into what are all the uh, essential goals. It's, uh, it's, it's during these conversations as we lay out what is important that uh, when it comes to the topic of car ownership, it becomes easier for clients to actually make a, uh, make a decision yeah, because it's always easier to compare uh, priorities right, than to look at a certain goal on its own uh, in silo. So if in the deep conversations, do you, um, so you ask them, I mean, on the topic of car, like yeah. you know, whether they really need it or uh, what kind of car do they want, uh, point A to B. I mean, I, I know mm. at Provident we don't, um, we are not monitoring the COE trends and all that kind of stuff, but the conversations that we have with clients is more about them understanding what they really want. Is that correct? That's right. So actually, what's interesting is that uh, when we first start the conversations, you know, of course, we start with uh, the overall view, what they're looking for, and what are some of the top of mind priorities, right? But at the start, we will also uh, we also want to find out what are some of their personal values, especially when it comes to money values or their usual habits in managing money, right? And through this conversation, it's interesting to, to understand or that some clients actually come to a realization or a self-reminder that, oh, I actually uh, manage money in a certain way, right? And I feel comfortable spending or not spending in certain ways. And then when this topic actually, and when the topic of car ownership comes in, sometimes that conversation of their money values actually would influence the way they think about the, the car purchase as well. Right, yeah. so it's like whether they um, buy first-hand or second-hand, whether they That's own right. or lease, or are they looking for a point A to B car, or you know they want a car with, with a certain brand. Uh, that's right. So it could really be a discussion about, I mean, when it comes to the car purchase, they would actually compare it back again to uh, what are their money values, what are they actually trying to achieve for their long-term goals in terms of their overall wealth plan. Yeah, so you're right. Sometimes it could be a case where they start off thinking that, you know, I want to uh, have a comfortable, good car, a branded car because I want my family to be, you know, uh, ferried around in, in, in comfort, right? But after the conversation, they could think that, okay, it's I actually just need something more functional. And then... Um, if I could channel some of the other resources for bigger goals, then perhaps the car is 
uh, it's something that I don't have. I don't need such a fancy car. So it, it could be a, an outcome like this. Uh, but the process, it doesn't matter which direction it goes, right? But the important thing is that after this conversation, it becomes easier for them to make a decision on uh, such so-called big ticket items or what is perceived to be a discretionary uh, expense. Okay, Ray, so after the conversations with the clients, they really decided that they want to go first hand, um, they want a car that's a point A to point B, etc. And all that are established already. So quantitatively, I mean, we still have to do the math, right? How, how whether they can afford it, um, you know, in terms of cash flow, in terms of their financial ratio. So quantitatively, how do you go about planning for a car purchase for a typical client? As a start, we will we will always take note of what is. I mean, we'll do a cash flow analysis, you know, uh, during the planning phase, right? To understand uh, what are their current uh, cash flow needs, right? So typically, you know, uh, what are what's the day to day expenses like? Yeah, for the, for essentials, uh, for other discretionary uh, spending, and then after that, uh, then of course we will want to take note of. Uh, what are some of these, uh, you know, some of the key financial ratios, whether they, are they still servicing mortgages? Uh, do they have the loans or liabilities to take note of? Yeah, and, and when, when we have a, a clear picture of what uh, their cash flow uh, picture looks like, uh, we, also, we also want to take a look at what are the current assets, you know, whether there's liquid or uh, non-liquid assets together. Uh, usually with a picture, with an with a overall picture like this, uh, we are sometimes we are able to determine okay they're, they're, whether it's possible for them to just set aside a lump sum to fully pay off a car right or to actually consider taking on the loan yeah right that's a good point so what about if it's jointly funded with a spouse for example yeah so these are the considerations more of where the res resources or the assets that they have yeah if uh, a spouse or a partner comes in and wants to jointly own the car then actually you, most of the time, they have more resources, right? Then uh, perhaps it becomes easier to actually pay off a car in a lump sum, yeah? Or for servicing a loan, it becomes, uh, on the cash flow side, it becomes easier uh, for them as well. Right, so Ray, how does integrating this into our financial plan help us with other life goals? Okay, so from the financial analysis side of things, right? Um, as I've mentioned before, in, in the planning process, we don't just work on one goal, right? We'll put together all the goals that are important for the client and then we'll, um, uh, we'll also lay them out or we rather we'll factor them in into the cash flow analysis. So, uh, you know, similarly to what, how we described about the uh, cash flow needs for the car, right? The, the, uh, the overall analysis also have given us a breakdown of what are the other needs for the other goals. So say, for example, we will also have be planning for, say, uh, a regular savings for uh, children's education or for retirement, for example, right? And we'll stack them up together, right? So, of course, the goal, the objective at the end of the analysis to ensure that uh, these needs are within the cash flow uh, needs of the client. Right, so this is to ensure that their assets are efficiently allocated also. Well, you can, you can put it this way. We are ultimately, what we are trying to achieve is that can we plan in a way that uh, all the goals of the clients are met? Yeah, and so uh, it, is, it is a function of 
being able to set aside resources right for uh, all the goals that are important for them right so if not this the plan will allow them to see what trade-offs they have to make with other goals like their uh, retirement goals or their children's education goals for example yeah that's right so usually that's why when it comes to the analysis stage we usually have to work with different scenarios we have to come up with different scenarios right throughout the process um, the client would come to the realization of what are the priorities how to prioritize all the goals so naturally i mean they will uh, people also want to work within their financial means yeah and then using uh, cash flow analysis or using cash flow modeling, we can show them what are the potential different scenarios uh, and trade-offs. So if they spend more today on a fancier car, would they actually have to sacrifice more for uh, their retirement goals in the future? Yeah, so we can run different scenarios uh, for them to actually visualize how the impact is like for them. So after such uh, that this process, it comes down to them being having the data, having the information to make that decision. So if they do have to trade off and sort of sacrifice their goal or their ideal car, it might still be easier because they see that, okay, what I'm sacrificing here uh, can be put to better use for goals that I now feel is more important. Okay, thanks, Ray. So um, in summary, planning for car ownership, you know, it has to be planned or rather it is to be integrated in your overall wealth plan. But as we know, COE prices can fluctuate quite significantly from year to year, um, especially, I mean, as of recording, uh, COE prices are you know, in the six digits. How do we deal with this fact that COE prices can fluctuate even um, as much as the price of a car? Yeah, so this again emphasizes um, the importance of having the, the plan or having a plan in the first place. Uh, as, as I've shared so far, so assuming a client has already done uh, the planning work, right, at this point in time, uh, uh, at this point in time, they would have a clear view of uh, what are their goals and what are some of the resources that they need to set aside for all these goals. And say, for example, if COE prices have just doubled, right, and the need for that uh, budget for the car actually uh, has gone up, then it becomes a lot easier to have a discussion again, right? When we review, when we sit down and review together, we can then have that discussion again. Okay, uh, what are some of the factors do we uh, can we consider? Are there any areas of buffer that we can leverage on? Say, for example, for, for certain clients, maybe there was a healthy bonus declared. Maybe they can use this resource and uh, and channel that towards uh, the the cost of a the higher cost of a car purchase, yeah. Uh, in other cases, perhaps then it could be a it could be a discussion on whether should we delay that purchase decision, right? And practice some delayed gratification, yeah. But knowing with intention that it is because of uh, they do not want to disrupt the uh, their plans for other uh, for other goals as well. Right, so in summary, regularly reviewing your plan would allow you to uh, still make sure that uh, your assets are efficiently allocated. But at the same time, you know, with different uh, macro factors, you can actually have the same conversation again. Um, you know, whether you still want the car with prices being this high now. In terms of affordability, whether you can afford it, you know, with these new prices, for example. Yeah, that's right. I would say that having that done the plan gives uh, someone a very solid foundation 
Yeah, because the external environment will always remain uh, dynamic, uh, and it's about knowing how to make changes accordingly, while still keeping our overall goals in mind. I think that is where the um, I would say that's where the value of having a good and comprehensive plan at the start really helps. So that's all for this week's episode. Thanks very for your time today. Yeah, thanks Isaac. Uh, it's a pleasure being on this episode. Yeah. So to all our listeners, I hope you enjoyed our episode on car ownership planning. If you like this episode, follow our podcast and follow us on social media for similar contents. As always, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. All analysis, views, or opinions from interviews, recommendations, and other information broadcasted, broadcasted, or published herein are provided for general information purposes only. Information expressed does not take into account any specific situation, particular needs or objectives, and should not be construed as specific advice or a recommendation. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Provident Limited does not accept any liability for any loss whatsoever arising from any of use of the information broadcasted, broadcasted or published herein. All contents and information contained herein may not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part by any means without prior written consent of Provident Limited.